before we get into this episode, I need the help from you, the fans, the listeners of a little bit of everything with me. I've been recently nominated for the Latin Podcast Awards 2020, and I need your help. That's right. You heard me. I need your help. I need you to head over to latinpodcastawards.com. Yes, there is an S after the D, latinpodcastawards.com, and I need you to vote for a little bit of everything with me. I really thank all of you for your support so far and the continuous, oh my gosh, the love that I'm getting from all of you and I really appreciate it. Just head over to Latin Podcast Awards and vote for the podcast. I really appreciate those who have voted and those who are going to vote. And guys, let's get back to the show. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, and I am your host, Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything, so sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with Me. Today, my guest is a musician and podcaster of the podcast, In Our Own Words. Welcome, Alice, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm excited too because you're another podcaster and I love it when podcasters get together. Yeah, it's the best. I think that's one of my favorite collaborations that I listen to because both parties always love talking yeah <laughs> they're always the most chatty which I think is just I like listening to podcasts and feeling like I'm in a room with just some friends just having a chat and I think when you get two podcasters together who both love to talk and you'll probably notice by the end of this podcast I do love to talk then they're just like the best episodes so I'm excited to be here <laughs> <laughs> well you know you're exactly right and it's it's crazy how we can go into one subject to another to another to another mm-hmm. and then it just time just flies and it's unbelievable it feels like we've been talking all day but really it's just been you know it could be half an hour or an hour yeah yeah like we chatted before we started recording this and I was like yeah. wait we started because we're just going off on so many tangents already we've not even started <laughs> <laughs> so what wh- where you're calling from because this is fascinating as podcasters yes to get to know where are people located? So what country are you calling from? So I'm in England, um, in the UK, um, and I'm from the north of England. So I don't sound like the Queen. So everyone always assumes I'm Australian because for some reason, northern accents sound like Australian accents. Um, but no, I'm from, I'm from the north of England, um, just south of the Lake District in a city called Lancaster. Oh, okay. Um, there's a show here in, in Canada. It's called Coronation Street. So uh, I'm fanatic... That- Okay, that's uh, yeah, that's quite popular here, but that's like down in set in London, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you kind of see like the Man City and the Manchester United jerseys and a little bit of yeah. the Tottenham ones and here and there, but um, yeah, I'm further north than Manchester, even further north than that. Just keep going up and you'll get to me eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but I have heard of that the the city uh, Lancaster. Mm. Um but yeah, I used to be such a huge fan of uh, Coronation Street and then I kind of <laughs> stopped watching it and then I kind of completely missed apparently like 10 seasons after that and I'm just like are you kidding me it's, it's just like const- it's one of those shows that's just constantly on all the time I've never yeah. watched it I will admit but it's just yeah there's like groups of people who are like make sure they're in every night to watch it and I'm like that is just too much dedication for me <laughs> yeah and I you know I have like friends who still watch it and I'm just like how many seasons are they in? And they're like, well, it's been like a long time since you, since you last stopped watching it. And they, people ask me, when was the last episode you watched? I'm like, the last episode I watched was when um, the pharmacy went on fire. And I'm like, they're like, holy crap. That's like years ago, years, years, (laughs) years ago. And I'm like, oh, so the show is still going. It's like days of our lives, you know, it just (laughs) keeps going. Yeah, We started watching, I think it's quite an old series, but it was recently available on Netflix in the UK um, called How to Get Away with Murder. 
and me oh, and my yeah. boyfriend are watching that at the moment and we're only like two series in I'm just like there's just so many episodes I think this is the difference maybe between American and Brit- British TV so like British TV generally we only have maybe like 12 episodes in a series mm-hmm. whereas in America it seems to be like hundreds of episodes not hundreds I'm exaggerating but there's just so many episodes <laughs> in a series and I'm like when will this end like it just goes on forever <laughs> Yeah, and and that's the thing with um, a lot of, well, the pilot, the first season, because they're kind of not sure what's going to happen. They usually range between 12 to 15, and sometimes they get cut short because of the ratings, and you don't see the others. But when it comes to season two, and they're getting signed on, yeah, it it can be a lengthy one. It goes up to 24, (laughs) 20, and you're just like, how is this even a season? It's just going to take so much time of your life to watch it. Exactly. (laughs) um, Do you have Love Island in the in the u.s i'm assuming you do or have like a version of it there is a version of it in the u.s um yeah. i don't watch it here because by the way i'm canadian <laughs> oh i'm really oh i've made the rookie mistake <laughs> <laughs> we're part of the commonwealth <laughs> i can only apologize for that <laughs> no worries one of my friends that i met at uni is canadian and she used to get so annoyed when everyone was like oh so whereabouts in the u.s are you from and i'm like I've just made that mistake, so I can't apologize <laughs> enough for that. No worries. No worries. I completely understand. Um, but it they do play it here, but you have to pay extra for the specific channel to get all the fun uh, shows that you're missing out oh, in the I US. See. And I'm just like, oh, are you kidding me? But, uh, but anyway, you'll yeah, see so it my later issue on. with <laughs> my issue with Love Island is apart from it being like potentially potentially problematic when it comes to like feminist issues, but like my main <laughs> issue with it is it's on every night for like a few months and you have to be in well, apart from like Saturday night because I'm assuming that's when everyone goes out right but yeah it's, <laughs> I have to be in every night at nine o'clock and so I watched it for I watched one series of it a couple of years ago just to kind of see what all the hype was about mm-hmm. but after that I was like I can't commit to this much time like nine o'clock every night having to be in and ready to watch it because like you said with Coronation Street if you miss like a week you've missed so much and it's really oh, hard yeah. to catch up again <laughs> so, yeah, yeah definitely especially if a show running from five days a week like you mentioned it's like yeah even if you miss two days like you're kind of like i'm completely lost what yeah. what just happened in two hours because right. i notice now shows are used to be 30 minutes now it's become an hour and then some of them become two hours if i'm not sure if you're familiar with 90 fiance i'm not <laughs> okay (laughs) so that's another show like it's it used to be one hour and now it's gone into two hours and I'm just like I can't believe I dedicate Sunday nights two hours (laughs) of this show that I love to hate and I love it because it's just it's just crazy um but you know shows have gone even further the seasons become even longer but I feel like it's it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time Mm. yeah i think so. i think because sometimes the production value increases as that happens right because they've become more like short films than mm-hmm. episodes so i like it when that happens but sometimes when they're like just long for the sake of it i'm like mm, i don't have the time for <laughs> and especially with netflix oh, it feels like they've opened the doors to other type of shows and you know they're signing on they're making their netflix series and like they're saying right now it's like you if you're an actor actress whoever even a singer or songwriter it's like you need to get on the netflix money because everyone (laughs) is kind of like getting something great out of it and the show will always be there no matter what it's Mm -hmm. like it's crazy there's opportunities for everybody now even musicians are getting their own spot of like my day in life as for yeah. example, Taylor Swift, she's gotten her little, you know, docu series of. I watched that yesterday. I loved it. Oh <laughs> I'm such yeah, a Taylor I Swift fan. <laughs> I God. haven't had a chance to watch it, but you know, I've heard a lot of great reviews, mm. and I like seeing that side of actors or musicians, like the behind the scenes. Let's yeah, let's actually see what you're actually going through, through tours, through signings through creating music to recording because you really get to feel and respect them even more for all the work that they do behind the scenes to to give us music yeah and this is so just to like pull out one line which really kind of resonated with me with in the Taylor Swift documentary I watched yesterday um there was like a flashback to when she was maybe like I don't know 18 19 and there was like someone recording her and she said every I let myself have five minutes every day to be all excited but then my brain straight goes to how do I make this last 
And mm. I was just like, oh my goodness, she's only been in the industry two years and she's already like thinking of that. Like that's insane that yeah. she has to constantly think about how to stay relevant and how to reinvent yourself. And I was like, that's just so much work. And like, mm. I know the, so like you say, there's been some like great reviews of this documentary, but there's also been quite like some negative ones. Like she's yeah. just telling what we all know again <laughs> in exactly. her way. But to me, it was kind of a really interesting kind of as she's a very successful businesswoman. Mm -hmm. And I think she's kind of, she, obviously she is an amazing songwriter, but also she's phenomenal at making business decisions and kind of like strategic decisions on how to do the next thing and how she needs to constantly outdo herself with the next thing. I think it was just a really interesting documentary. This episode will just turn into me fangirling about Taylor Swift for an hour, if you're not careful. <laughs> 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 I just think it's really interesting as an artist to kind of see how she makes the decisions. I saw an interview that she did with maybe it was Ellen of like mm -hmm. a year ago. Um, and she was asking how, like, how do you plan all these Easter eggs? How do you, so she released a calendar, I think a couple of years ago and the dates on it, what some random dates were highlighted on it and that was the dates of her tour that hadn't been announced yet and like just clever little things like that and she's like how do you plan all of that and she was like it's just being super organized it's just planning the like the next two or three years of your life ahead of time and I was like wow to be that organized I think I'm pretty organized planning the next month but she's just a whole nother level <laughs> Well, it's also because when you get these opportunities, we've seen like, you know, America's Got Talent or, you know, those shows that where you pick a winner or mm -hmm. those people just go in, going into a record studio and, you know, putting themselves out there or, you know, because I think she started off in Nashville and that's yeah. where you kind of get your stardom. You're putting yourself out there. People are always walking in, scouting and looking for their next potential singer. So a lot of these people, like we noticed, I noticed an American Idol, um, where are they now mm. yeah and that's the thing so people get these like the one hit wonder right yes. and then they move on to like the next thing and sometimes they might have some really loyal fans which stay with them but it's that kind of like industry of constantly turning over new artists is kind of terrifying like I'm not mm. I'm not a majorly famous artist I'm not going to sit here and go the industry is so terrible for me because I'm not even in it yet like, mm -hmm. <laughs> very much independent but you see them it's always the next hit okay who can we throw this song at and I think what's so great about her is she writes her own songs and that's what her audience connects with. Like it's mm -hmm. the lyrics. And I think having strong lyrics and that connection with the audience is what makes artists successful and last more than, like you say, this one hit, enter a talent show, get a record deal at the end of it, have one successful song and then kind of go into the, into the quiet. And there are exceptions to that, obviously. But mm -hmm. I think it's how can you make yourself last in an industry that constantly wants the next thing? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I think it's just yeah. a really interesting question that was raised in this documentary. Yeah, and that's fantastic what she's doing is kind of, okay, well, you know, this has happened in the first few years. Let's plan for mm. the next couple of years because really yeah. you can you can just drop the face of the earth and then you're not Taylor Swift anymore. You're just, mm. you know, you're a normal person. You're trying to get back on your feet. Like some of these actors and, you know, hosts of different shows. Like um, there's this new show that came out from... Um, what's his face um alex rodriguez called game on i'm not sure if you're gonna get it there but right. basically he helps people who were super famous back in the day and yeah. they kind of lost it all and they're just you know you see them actually putting in the work like doing their own laundry they're they don't have the nicest car they're just you know making ends meet and you know they he goes and helps them like for example right. the big one which surprised me was one of the actresses from um Baywatch and oh, wow. yeah she was like young stardom making tons of money and you look at her now it's like I'm trying to make an income but I don't know what to do I can't find my niche and she's been living off of her her fortune for so long and with a daughter and it's just like I was just completely shocked like you know like what happens to these people and if they don't play it smart like you know Alex has like he's done a lot of investments when he was young and that prime time when you're making all that money he said and it's smart it's true what he says you need to start looking into your future because a career in sports or as an actor or musician can last only so long. And you're looking between at least 
five years guaranteed. But then after that, you're trying to work and work and push and push to get yourself out there, making sure everybody knows that that's who you are. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to do next. So he says, if it wasn't for these investments that I was, you know, guided to, I wouldn't have the lifestyle that I have. I wouldn't have these opportunities that I have. And for a lot of people, like for her, she had nothing. She had nothing. She's just living off the savings that she saved when she was younger from the show. But, you know, it could only run out in such a little time that she's got left and she had to kind of push herself. So it was neat to see that. And I hope you guys get it there because I was like, I was impressed. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of a scary situation to be in. So when you get all these people that go, oh, you can do anything you want to do, throw yourself into it and you'll make it you're only hearing that from the people who have made it, right? You're only mm-hmm. hearing those inspirational stories from the people who have made it and made it last. Exactly. Whereas you don't hear about the, I'm guessing millions of people who want to make it in the creative arts who don't make it because they don't have the voice to say, sometimes it's risky. Sometimes you have to you know, choose between recording and paying rent or eating. And if you don't have like somewhere to live like with family or I don't know, like, some sort of stability to throw yourself into the creative arts you're kind of risking everything and that's Mm -hmm. you've got to be brave to do that and not many people make it but you only hear about the people who do make it and they're the people who advocate throwing yourself into everything if that makes sense yeah no it does make sense and um the other one that i saw because it's only been two episodes that i've been trying to see was i like this part where he was the host of american idol when it first came out made a bad dis, uh, business decision in telling them how to run the show and stuff like that. And the one thing that I learned from that, if you're starting out in this industry, don't tell them what to do. Don't tell them that you want it this way because you're just a rookie. If they tell you to do right. something, you do it because that is going to break your reputation. So this guy went from making seven figures because when the show started it was like the biggest thing american idol american idol and then i think after a couple episodes halfway through the season they booted him out then ryan seacrest came along and then what is he doing now he's an uber driver (laughs) that's insane and he's just like you know i lost it all i had everything he said like i had everything you go from everything to nothing so fast because he made it through the news and everyone like someone leaked it how he demanded certain things and you know you guys should do it this way and you know alex said you shouldn't even said anything don't even say a peep because you're starting in this industry you should just let them you know yeah you got to be like a puppet you got to do what you're asked to do but hey after a couple years you can say hey listen you know what let's change it a little bit. This is my idea. Mm, but that's such a, like, it's such a weird thing to have to do is to, to make it, you have to be a puppet. Doesn't like, that doesn't sit right with me. And I'm not saying that that's not how it is because that totally is how it is, mm-hmm. but it's almost like, well, it shouldn't be mm-hmm. like that, but it is. And then do you play the game or do you kind of stick up for what you actually think? I, I mean, I don't know what in this situation he was demanding. If it was something, it might've been something ridiculous and trivial. Right. But yeah, quite often as well, I'm going to make this a feminist issue <laughs> quite often as women were expected to kind of just keep quiet and agree and play nice to, till we get to the point where we're like, okay, now I'm big enough to be able to make a stand and voice my opinion on this. And a lot of people do that and make the success doing that. But then it's, you're not being yourself. You're not being, your, oh, I sound so cheesy here, but you're not being your authentic self. You can't spend your whole life pleasing other people, but also yeah. to make it, you have to do that. It's just such a, complicated mess and i don't know what the right answer is (laughs) yeah it it is a complicated mess and you know once i saw those two episodes i'm just like holy crap like especially with the host uh, the first host of american idol i'm like you know he's kind of right because you know unfortunately you got to do what you're told in order to get Mm -hmm. by sometimes and you got to play that game like you know you got to make that decision do i do i do it do i not and apparently like i don't even know what he did they didn't really describe it briefly like it it seems like it's more than what they want to tell on tv yeah and i i it's it's either between like he freaked out he didn't want to do and it's like no we should do it this way and um i guess they're just like you know what we're running the show here you're just a host like it's not like he's a director or producer or whatever right um so it 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 got really ugly but i never got a chance to look up the article and see what was all about but 
um, it's interesting. And you yeah, as definitely. a you as a mu- musician, how did this all start? Starting as a musician, well, I guess most people say like I've always been singing since I was three, and all those kind of things. Whereas for me, that wasn't the case <laughs> at all. I think so. I used to go to a lot of folk festivals, and I wouldn't say festivals; they weren't huge festivals. It was like one pub playing folk music for a weekend with my parents we used to kind of get dragged to them so I kind of grew up around music but it wasn't like it wasn't ever a career option if that makes sense it was always there's thousands hundreds of thousands millions of people who want to make it and they won't so make sure you do something to always have income was kind of the thing I was told and then I went to high school and I started having guitar lessons and I was quite privileged and my parents were able to kind of help me with that um and I was always wanting to write these songs and then I started going to sick form started traveling kind of to sick form every day and I met people there who were writing music and I was like oh that's something that people can do like that it, it never occurred to me that someone had to write music if that makes sense it just it was always just there <laughs> as music um and so yeah then I started writing and writing terrible songs the first few songs I wrote were really terrible like they were really bad <laughs> um, and then now I, yeah, now I write stuff. Um, I work with my friend who's a producer and we produce stuff and we put it out there. And it's, it's a great feeling kind of putting all your emotions into something and then people going, oh, that's really cool. Like, that's really nice to listen to. Now, when you were writing those, those uh, songs, like you mentioned, um, mm. they weren't they weren't sounding so great or those times where you're writing something and you're trying to like sing it out. And yeah. How did you feel like, did it, cause it's, I can imagine how time consuming it can be to kind of get it right. And you know, if you're not liking something and you work yeah. so hard on it and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh man, this is not what I wanted it to sound yeah. <laughs> like. How do you get back on your feet and kind of just, okay, let me write this other song or let me edit this. Yeah. How do you, how do you go back to that? I mean, it's, it's weird. So like when I say the first songs I wrote were terrible, they were probably like, okay, they were just like very cheesy and very melodramatic because I was a teenager and generally I was very melodramatic. <laughs> but I guess now when I'm writing a song, it's kind of, it'll either just pour out of me and I'll have it done in like half an hour or it's something I've got an idea for and I have to really work at it to get it to sit right. So I've been sitting on this idea for a song for probably years now and I, every time I come to write it, I'm like, no, that's not it no I can't quite get this right so I don't, I don't know the answer to the question how do you get back on your feet because I struggle with that either I write a song and I'm like yes this is great or I'll start writing and be like no this isn't a great song my boyfriend actually asked me the other day he's like how do you remember songs when you've written them like how do you remember the tune of them how do you remember how they go and I say well that's that's kind of how I know if I've got a good song, if that makes sense. So if I write it and all I do is write down like chords and lyrics and that's it really. Sometimes maybe a voice memo, but generally just chords and lyrics. And then if I come back to it in a couple of days and I can't remember how to play it, then to me, that's not a great song because a song should be memorable. It should kind of get stuck in your head. Mm -hmm. So if I write a song and I can come back to it and play it and improve it, then I know I've got a good song. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. It's like when us, like anybody who let's say I've got a couple favorites mm. and I actually know the songs to my favorites. Yeah. yeah it's so stuck it's, in my head. Yeah, exactly. So when I write a song and I have my own song stuck in my head, I think it's the most egotistical thing that I can have is my own song stuck in my head. But that's when I know that I've written a good song. So mm-hmm. I've been, I actually got, sent it to the stores today. Um, for uh, Yesterday, it comes out on the 1st of March, my next EP. Um, and those songs were the ones that just kind of poured out of me. I've been sat on all these different things for like the last couple of years. And I just went, no, I need to get this out there. And it might not be super popular, the topics that I'm discussing or the topics that I've been writing about, but I was like, I need to write these. And so they were the songs that just kind of came out of me. And I sent them to my producer and I was like, this, I need to produce this as an EP. It was like mm-hmm. a set of songs that fit together and, I got them back the other day and I'm just, I'm so proud of them. And Kaylin, my producer, he's just a genius when it comes to these things. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, I want this kind of vibe and he'll just do it. And I'm like, wow, you've turned my little song into such like an amazing piece of music. So he's definitely like the star behind this. <laughs> but <laughs> These songs, they've just been, 
I don't know, like rattling around in my head for a while. So when you come to write them, they come out quite easily, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a, I keep asking if that makes sense. Now, now I'm hearing myself as a guest. I'm like, oh, I say that a lot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of my writing process, I guess, is I sit on them for ages and I hate them and I beat myself about it or they just come out very easily. It's very mm -hmm. sort of like one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such a beautiful journey when you're writing the songs, you're, you're, you're trying to come up with the, with the beat to it. And um, are you, are you doing, are you using any instruments? Like, cause some of them are, have kind of stepped away from the instrument and they're just using the soundboard. Are you still got a guitar or a flute or <laughs> what do you got? I don't know. So normally I'll sit down with either a ukulele or a guitar and I'll just like strum some chords and I'll know roughly like the idea of the song that I want to write about. So I'll be like, Oh, I want to write about this issue or this thing that happened to me. And I'll just sort of like mess around with lyrics and melody until I get something that sticks. Um, but actually for this last EP, I, d I wrote in such a different way. So for this last EP, I wrote the lyrics and then I came up with like the chords and the melody to go with it, mm -hmm. um, which is not how I'm used to writing. But I think it's such a different sound. Like I played it for my boyfriend yesterday and I was like, here's the final thing. And he went, these are so much more mature than your other songs. Yeah. Because I think I took the time to go over the lyrics so many times before I then sat down with an instrument and figured out how I wanted them to go I kind of got the message done first whereas normally it's okay I've got this idea for a tune now I'll write some words to fit it um so I don't know it's there's so many different ways of writing songs and my whole podcast kind of I'm interviewing kind of either authors or songwriters and I'm sort of asking them about their songwriting process and seeing everyone's completely different process is really interesting to me Mm -hmm. yeah um, it's it's incredible to hear different people's like um like you said pro, pro uh wow i can't even say the word process <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and their journeys because really it's like it's a hit or miss when it comes to the music industry and when you're trying to pump out songs and it, mm. it's it's a whole like you get to learn about yourself and yeah. you know as you're growing you see how your music has changed and it, it and how it reflects your life as well like we've seen a lot of artists where they started very young and then they talk about you know boyfriends and mm. you know going out with friends and you know you were dumped and it's you know that breakup was really rough and then all of a sudden as they get older it's more of like okay let's they talk about different issues and stuff that they're going through in their yeah. life so it's it's really nice to hear that because yeah you know it's music should be relatable it should be mm. relatable to whatever age if you started for example with taylor swift it's like i don't know she started really young but yeah. you know her music was very like towards the youngins and then as she got old as she's getting older it's like you, it becomes more relatable to other people so yeah it's it's really nice to see that because it's it's a whole journey that we're following with yeah, and definitely. you know it, it's got to be relatable at the end of the day yeah I think it's yeah it's really interesting because I look back at my first DP that I released and there was a song on it called Isolated and it was all about oh my goodness my boyfriend lives a whole hour away oh no what a melodramatic person I am what a crazy situation to be in oh my goodness this guy isn't texting me back my world is ending like very sort of childish and over dramatic mm -hmm. and then this EP that I've got coming out on the 1st of March is all about so like one of the songs is about how as a woman you're expected to you know have children and be a stay-at-home mom but also you're not allowed to be a stay-at-home mom because you need to be out there working full-time like you can't have everything and do everything but also you're expected to have that and so like the contrast in like oh my god this guy won't text me back to like kind of feminist political issues it's kind of such a I guess it's the journey I've gone on and I kind of put that into my music um but yeah I definitely I think my music's changing quite a lot and whether or not people will like it I guess we'll find out on the first of March <laughs> and once again it's relatable because going back to that yeah most of us are been told that we're supposed to be stay-at-home moms but really in reality here in Canada it's like there's no way you can be a stay-at-home mom unless your partner's making over a good $200 200,000 a year clean <laughs> so it's, it's insane like you're expected to do everything but also you're like 
so if you are a stay-at-home mom then well, why aren't you out working what a terrible example you're setting for your children or then if you're out working then they're like well what's the point in having children because you're not at home looking after them and it's like men don't get this like men don't get asked these questions and I'm, I realize I'm saying this from a very I don't have children at the moment but so I'm saying this from a very sort of hypothetical kind of situation but I'm sort of at the age where my friends are now getting married and having children and having all these things thrown at them and I'm like I don't know what I'm meant to do in this like what what are you meant to do with this situation <laughs> no and you're right so it, it's it's that it's such a tough topic because there's so many views of it and you know it's so many cultural traditions I so to say like I'm glad that where I'm like my parents came from yes if you well I guess my mom's side of the family believe it or not they have businesses the women uh, most of them have been That's divorced right. and have children but their main focus was providing for their family even before the divorce yeah. Um, because most of their spouses were alcoholics and stuff and always would work and be at the bar. And it's just like, you know, it's, it was one of those situations. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that my mom had that, I guess, experience so to say that her sisters, cause they were a family of 12 and there was only three boys (laughs) and it was like, her sisters would always be working like one's a hairdresser she does you know cutting hair at home uh the other the other three contribute to the um the family bakery and it's just you know it was nice that my grandfather pretty much told them like i'm building this business for you guys you know you gotta this is your this is your future like because if we're making bread this good it's gonna be here around forever as long as we keep the traditions going but going to other people's cultures and traditions it's like well, you have mm-hmm. to stay home. You can't work. You got to be that, that, you know, stay at home mom. And if we were to go back in the sixties and seventies, even the eighties here, it's like, if that was what it was, you would stay yeah. at home and, you know, just do stuff around the house, which is already a big job because you're up 24 seven because you're taking care of everybody and yeah. you kind of forget about yourself along the way. But yeah, I, I, I'm glad that my mom was able to kind of like, no, you have to work. Like, yeah. <laughs> regardless, like even if the, she always told me, it doesn't matter if your partner were to make 60000 a 100000 200000 or if it was a million dollars, it doesn't yeah. matter. You need to work. You need to get out there, experiences what's out there for life. Because I notice a lot of people who are stay at home from the older generation, mm. it's like, they don't know what's happening. <laughs> The yeah, older generation does not know what is happening outside right now. Yeah, but then they weren't given the opportunity to, is the thing. So, like, yeah. they kind of looked down upon us, oh, well, you didn't go out and work, but also they weren't allowed to. So I, I love that we have the choice, don't get me wrong. Like, I think we should yeah. all have the choice to work. But, like, feminism is also having the choice to be a stay-at-home mom and not get judged for it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's such a, like you say, it's a crazy combination of both. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying like you were your parents like you said well you need like you have to work right because yeah. you know you need to be able to support yourself and I think my parents had a very similar view but they kind of told that so I have an older sister and a younger brother and we were all told that like very much equally we were told like well you can do whatever you want anything you put your mind to but also make sure that you're able to support yourself so my parents never discouraged me from doing music but they also very much said you know make sure you can also support yourself all the time like make sure you always have something to fall back on because yeah. they know how brutal the industry can be so I was like okay I was quite good at math so I kind of went and pursued that as like my career mm-hmm. but then I'll do this music stuff because that's what that's what brings me joy like that's my sort of creative outlet yeah so it's, a, it's being able to support yourself as a woman um but also just as a human <laughs> yeah. and as a creative as well no for sure I definitely agree and that's that's where I'm so thankful too it's like because my mom's seen so much like divorces happen in her side of the family and it's like you know what if you've got if you're working and you want yes you want to hope that nothing will happen down the line but if it happens it happens when okay when you know this is done it's basically like if you were at a stay-at-home mom where do you pick up? Where do you pick up and leave and, and be able to start your life with your kids if you have kids or not at that point? Yeah. But it, it's, it's so smart because 
now if something like it has happened to my cousin so it's like family divorces and the cousins get divorced it's like you know they were just like yeah no problem I still got my full-time job I'm happy I'm still going to school you know it's just it doesn't matter like I was able to pick up and leave no problem and that's the goal you got to be independent that's what I mean it's like for those listening are probably like oh no this this is not (laughs) it's basically saying like you know, having that extra income will really help you kind of be really independent. And when that time or something happens, even if there was a death, because we're seeing it a lot, it's mm-hmm. like, at least this way, you know that you can still support your family. So yeah. bottom line, I feel like, you know, you've got to have some sort of income to be independent and you can really support yourself and your family. Yeah. Yeah. It's a difficult one because you also want to, if you're in like a loving partnership and you want to have children and you want to do that, one of you kind of needs to be at home for the, at least the first few months. Right? So it's kind of that line you say between being independent, but also acknowledging that you're in a relationship. And obviously, like you say, you hope nothing's ever going to go wrong. And yeah. your, your aim. I saw a musician once who wrote a song about her brother getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said she started it as this like really loving song about how much you care for each other. And it ended up turning into this song, which was like, I bet half my stuff we're not going to break up. And I was like, oh, like, that is a mood. <laughs> like, it's quite a harsh way of looking at kind of like marriage or partnerships. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, because you want to be independent, but you also don't want to spend your whole relationship with someone going, well, what if we break up? Because that's a terrible way to have a relationship, right? Yeah. But so how, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. But how do you get that balance is, is a difficult one. Well, you're, you're, you're going to work together as a couple, but yeah. you know, from my mom's side of the family track record, you're still kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you're kind of like, okay, I need to be more, more aware of like, I need to be extra independent in a way where God forbid something does happen. It doesn't matter. It can't, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be a divorce. It can be a death. Like yeah. I remember when my dad got to a really bad accident at work. Um, we were lucky he survived. Technically he should have been dead from the way he wow. fell three stories. I'm so and sorry to hear that, my goodness. <laughs> thank you. And you know, my mom wasn't working because my mom's like, I didn't yeah. have to work because your dad mm-hmm. was making quite a bit of money. And there was no point. I, it was easy for me to, you know, take you guys to school, you know, walk you to school, have, you know, yeah. do the after school activities with you guys, et cetera, et cetera. But I was really young when this happened. So I was about six years old. And when I, we heard about the news, it's like, now things change. You know, my, mm-hmm. my mom went from being at home to yeah. I need to find a job. And yeah. she was very fortunate enough to find a job. And she just took it because you know what? I have to take a job right now. I can't be sitting yeah. at home with two parents, one who's injured and going through a lot of recovery, which it was really hard. And can imagine. it's like you went from a really good high income to now I've got nothing. You yeah. know, we have nothing. We have absolutely nothing. All these amazing trips we used to take, be on is just completely gone. And, you know, it, it prevented him from having him a license again. You know, he, he's not very mobile. He can still walk, thank God. He can move his right arm, but his left arm is a bit, you know, it's not, it's not good. And his left shoulder as well, his muscles, like it, the, he fell three stories down, right? And a beam came down at him. Wow. And there was oh, that, those nails that came out and went through his neck so and they tore a little bit of the muscle of the back that's why he's not mobile so it's like at that point it's true I've learned that you can't really you got to be kind of thinking of the okay I gotta be I gotta provide yeah and that's where my mom was just like always told me you need to work because Mm. you've uh, you've seen experiences happen in this family and you can't really rely on on just one income you got to be be able to say okay if something does happen and and, and injuries do happen all the time I'm in the construction field myself so I've seen injuries happen I've seen people be out of work for months and months on end and it's like if she wasn't working or was on mat leave or whatever the case may be it's like what Mm. do you do yeah it's really scary especially in I'm so sorry to hear all that happened to you and your family but it's it's yeah like you say I I suppose I was only thinking like divorce when it's like a a choice I guess or sometimes not a choice Mm -hmm. but yeah when you think about like injuries and death and things like that wow this podcast episode has taken a really dark (laughs) time but when you think about those things it's yeah you kind of got to think 
yeah yeah you made a very good point you have persuaded me i'm now agreeing with you <laughs> yeah well because you got to look at different situations like my husband's in construction yeah. too and i'm like if one of us you know kaputs yeah. um what's gonna happen right yeah it's, and, it's yeah it's harsh isn't it but you can sometimes you have to when you're dependent i think it's different when you're on your own because it's kind of you only gotta really look after yourself but if you have like dependents or mm-hmm. partners and things like that it makes it a lot more complicated doesn't it yeah it Difficult. does and I'm not trying to scare everybody. It's more of like, we're at risk every day, right? When yeah. we go into our cars, we're at risk. When we're driving to work or to the grocery store, mm. we're always at risk because every time, you know, it's the weirdest thing happens, right? Yeah. And um, it's like, I encourage people to, you know, find their, you know, secondary income independence and stuff like that, because it's mm. like, you and our family changed so much drastically in, in 1996 and, imagine you know fighting and suing and you know going through that whole legal process and you know fighting for you know my dad to get a paycheck you know Mm -hmm. that was 12 years that's 12 years without a secondary income that's crazy and that's a long time and you know thank god everything was you know it was it came out great as in like the outcome of fighting and fighting and you getting a good lawyer but hey Mm -hmm. lawyers are not they're not cheap they're and you shouldn't have to do that right like that shouldn't be a process that you have to go through it should be okay you were injured at work here's some money like it should just be as simple as that exactly that's what you had to go through exactly and being so young it's like what do you do at this Mm. point right and your brother had to well he started working as soon as he could and just to help out but you know five years behind him i'm here just trying to like okay well who's going to drive me to this place? Cause it's yeah. like, I want to go out, but you can't because you know, my dad we used to be the driver. Now it's my mom and she's just doing everything. And my brother's yeah. just like not even being able to drive. So yeah. And it's there's just, a time how you meant to understand that. That's a, it's a whole new world you've been thrown into, right? Exactly. And it's not like I could, when I was a kid, it's like, I wanted those pair of shoes when I was like four years old. I remember I got my first Barney shoes and it was just like, yeah, sure. We'll buy them now at that point it's like you can't even you're you're kind of like i'm not going to get anything because yeah. this is the situation we're living in and it's it's crazy how everything changes yeah. and it's yeah so i hope i helped you in a way where it's like you know it, it's kind of preparing <laughs> like i know it sucks that you have to prepare for the worst sometimes yeah, but hey definitely. it's it's the reality of a lot of people right yeah and, so the moral and, of this episode yeah. is get life insurance get injury insurance. yeah get everything ready because <laughs> you while you're know. young <laughs> exactly and it is cheaper while you're young by the way <laughs> yeah and then you if you get a fixed fee as well then you're set for life <laughs> i remember my dad always used to say and this is his sense of humor he's very dark sense of humor but whenever he used to go out and like chop wood in his slippers and things like that, instead of, you know, wearing like steel toe cap boots that he mm-hmm. had, but he was like, eh, I can wear my slippers. He just used to say things to us like, I am worth more to you dead anyway. And we'd be like, oh my God, dad, do not say that. <laughs> it's definitely his dark sense of humor, but oh my goodness. Like, but it's, sadly it's true <laughs> with things like that. It's definitely worth paying for it. It's very odd turn this episode's taken, but definitely worth paying for things like that now while you're young. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's weird how we've gone through this conversation, but like, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. it, even with the, with Kobe Bryant and stuff, you're looking at it like, you know, you're here today, you're gone tomorrow. And that's what my dad has yeah. always taught me. You're here today, you're yeah. gone tomorrow, you know, and he's gone through, um, you know, double valve transplant too as well. And it's just like, you know, he's yeah. here today, gone tomorrow. This guy's like a cat. He keeps living and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, you know, I remember when that happened through his surgery, it was like, they call us at three in the morning. They're like, oh my God, you gotta, you guys gotta make it down here. Um, I don't think he's gonna make it because he's like overflowing. Like, um, I think oh the blood gosh. was like, I forgot what it calls that term. Um, but anyways, we rushed down there at three in the morning because we've been at the hospital for almost a week. And then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we don't think he's going to make it. We're going to make it. And I'm just like, oh, here we go again. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I've been through this already. Let's see what happens. And, That's you know, terrible. you're, you know, I remember that night and I was bawling my eyes. I was just like, oh, my God. And seeing all these tubes stuck all over the place. And then three hours later, he wakes up. He's like, hey, guys. And I'm like, <laughs> you really Too give us a heart attack every time. <laughs> 
so I've learned a lot when it's come like cherish your life and live life to the fullest and live it like it's your last but obviously of course you have priorities you know you got rent to pay mortgage to pay you've got you know kids that you gotta put through school and everything but at the same time it's those little moments like you I don't have kids yet but it's if whenever I do it's more of a you know, whatever my dad did for me, I want to do the same thing. Like, okay, let's yeah. go out for the park for five minutes. Let's and whatever. I don't know, not five minutes, yeah. but you know, yeah. it could be 10, 20, 30. I don't know. Just prioritize and, you know, yeah. make those memories. Cause you know, everything can change all of a sudden. Yeah. And that's great. You've got that example. I know we started this episode by talking about Netflix, but let's do a full circle moment. We just, <laughs> you're saying like, you're here today, gone tomorrow. I just finished the good place. I don't know if you've seen that. But the last sort of few episodes have me absolutely bawling. It's yeah. all about sort of like being ready to kind of move on and like losing your partner and all of that, all those issues. It's just kind of that episode really sort of resonated with me. And I like I was bawling watching yeah. this, these last series. Sorry for spoilers if anyone's <laughs> not caught up yet. But it's, yeah, I think it's it's so important to kind of, and let's end on this sort of like I suppose very cheesy thing is to cherish the people that you have because you don't know when they're going to go yeah like you say take the time prioritize I think it's so and I I struggle with this I'm very much kind of in that like gotta hustle mindset where I'm constantly okay what's next right when's the next EP when's the next podcast like when's my next deadline for my studies how's work all those things constantly in my head and I'm really bad at taking the time and going okay I'm going to spend today with my partner with my family with my dog all those kind of things <laughs> I need to kind of spend the time doing that because it's so difficult to kind of get caught up in all this okay let's constantly be working but like you say spend the five minutes with your children I think it's great you've got that example that your dad kind of ha- had with you to kind of you can look at him and go I want to do that with my kids I think that's amazing that you've got that because it's yeah. so important and I'm terrible at it <laughs> but I'm definitely I'm def- it's definitely something I'm working on yeah no for sure and um it's like for me I'm like you right now where I'm like okay I'm I'm switching careers within the job and I'm studying for that then I've got you know my full-time job I've got the podcast that I'm you know it's all of these little things and I'm I'm volunteering for the the dyslexic community where I'm we're trying to we're trying to figure out a schedule here and how to, you know, go about with, with my story to others. And it's like, I have so much happening and it's true. Like what you said about just, Hey, let me just spend the time with my partner. And that's where I'm trying to prioritize things better because like, you know, when I first started, he was super supportive. And a year later, I'm kind of like, Oh my God, I'm getting busier now. How how can I make this work? So it's all about scheduling, which I've learned. I've spoken to somebody earlier where it's like, you got to schedule things in. And now I have to start scheduling things like, okay, let me go out with my partner. Let me just, you know, actually schedule three hours all the way till bedtime where we can just spend the the evening together, either watching a movie or whatever it is, or just, you know, going out for a coffee or grabbing a coffee, like whatever the case may be. So I completely understand with that, but it's like, we have that mindset of wanting to, you know, we want to get everything done because Mm. we're trying to strive for something that we want to be successful in what we do and, you know, make something out of it because you're putting all this time and effort and then all of a sudden you're just going to give it up. It's our passions. It's our passions. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I know we've been talking about random different (laughs) things and I feel so bad we didn't get a chance to talk about your podcast, but in your own words, um, tell us about it. Okay, I'll wrap up very quickly because I know you've you've got to go in a minute. (laughs) Um, So it's a podcast where I talk to authors and musicians and creators about how they use words. So it can be from songwriting to how they sort out dialogue with characters um and I think generally it's just an excuse for me to chat to really interesting people about things I really care about (laughs) but if you want to check that out it's available on all good streaming services now Spotify as well finally got that one sorted um so yeah just search in our own words um and yeah go give it a listen and subscribe that would mean a lot to me awesome well Alice where can the listeners find you um so I'm at the music of Alice on all social media um except Facebook where I'm just Alice Ashcroft but yeah, that's me. Just search for me. I'll come up, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Alice, for your time. Thank you to thank all you the so listeners for, for, you know, really listening to us talking about different things. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy episode. I came into this like, 
because I've listened to some episodes of yours and it's every episode is completely different I'm like I don't really know what we're going to talk about but we've covered it we've gone like Netflix songwriting feminism life insurance and then back to Netflix so I think we've covered a good range of topics for sure (laughs) we didn't want to scare you it's just our life experiences what we've gone through (laughs) and different points of view and I pretty much uh, changed Alice's mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good in a good way you know take these moments like you know like go up there and just you know stop what you're doing if you're in this hustle and bustle and just really focus on yourself Mm -hmm. and your families and friends because with this world what's happening it's like you're here today literally and you're gone tomorrow so we don't know what to expect but just cherish those amazing moments so Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in into this episode. Alice's information is going to be all in the show notes. And um, Alice, definitely come back. We, we got to talk some more. Definitely. Yes, I'd love to come back if you'll have me. <laughs> for sure, definitely. You will be coming back. We'll set that up. And thank you guys for tuning in again. And that's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Ken, aka the gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And you're listening to a little bit of everything with Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of a little bit of everything with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to. Are you enjoying a little bit of everything with me? Then buy me a coffee. Yes, you heard right. Buy me a coffee. All the coffee you buy me will go towards new equipment, a backdrop for my YouTube channel, and continue to keep the podcast ad-free. And obviously to keep going with weekly episodes. So buy me a coffee at chaos fi.com slash everything with Ange. Once again, it's ko-fi.com slash everything with Ange. That link will be in the show notes for you. And thank you for buying me a coffee and supporting the podcast.